Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, persona non carta. Stephen brings the case against his wife, Carrie. Stephen wants to take a family photo for a Christmas card, but he wants to include a total stranger in the picture and provide no information or context in the card. Carrie thinks this is a terrible idea. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. Meow, 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 it's not over yet. It goes no, on we, for... All right, fine. No, we did a lot of it. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, you may swear them in. Stephen and Carrie, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he just performed over 40 minutes of meow singing? I do. I do. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Meow, 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 Mm. Mm. And now I just need to isolate what we're selling. I think like cat food is too mm-hmm. obvious. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something no, really you're obscure. Meow, 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 Honestly, because this particular tune has been used in a lot of commercials, particularly around a particular time of year, that is a discussion point of this episode. Um, does that do, shall I enter that as a guess, or did you want to? I'm, I'm pointing you in a direction. What time of year are we discussing during this episode? The, the holidays. The holidays. So time. right. Perhaps we're selling Dr Pepper. Dr. Pepper's hot Dr. Pepper at the holidays yeah. is delicious as, as bailiff Jesse Thorne knows not quite as delicious as eggnog and orange Fanta. Carrie, do you have a guess? I mean, nobody thinks of Dr. Pepper at the holidays. If it's an advertisement for a beverage, it would be Coca-Cola. Um, oh, that's true. Coca-Cola is often advertised at the holidays. Uh, but I don't think it's that either. Um, Let me ask, would you like to hear the song again? No. Yeah. That would help. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's okay. It's fine. Do you have a, so are you guessing Coca-Cola or do you have another guess? Uh, that's going to have to be my guess for now because well, I'm not sure. All guesses are spirited, but incorrect or wrong. The tune, of course, is the very famous Carol of the Bells that was composed or based on a Ukrainian folk song and arranged by Mikola Leontovich and made famous by the Ukrainian National Choir in the early part of the 20th century. 
and since then has been used uh, frequently for television commercials uh, during the holidays, uh, often using bells and not meows. But in this case, the, the, the meow version of it, I discovered while doing some internet searching around the subject of Christmas cards, which is, of course, the subject of this case, specifically Christmas card pranks. And there is a company, and they do not advertise with us, so I will not name them, but uh, they have a product that is called, and this you might Google if you want to find this product, it is a card entitled Endless Meowy Christmas with Glitter. It is a card that says Meowy Christmas, and a cat has a little Santa hat on it. And the prank is that after you make an adjustment and you send it to somebody, the moment they open the card, that song starts playing, and it will never stop. There is no way to stop it. When you close the card, it continues. There is some of their some of their prank cards even have a fake button on the card that says stop music that doesn't work simply to drive the recipient bananas. And that alone is annoying enough. I don't love pranks. It was not fun for everybody. It's no fun at all. But I had to acknowledge the evil genius of this card because not only does it meow repetitively over and over and over again and does not stop no matter how much bailiff Jesse Thorne begs it to stop. But when you come to the last possible option to stop this card from singing this song, which is tearing it apart, it is glitter inside. It is glitter <laughs> hidden in the card. Uh, the world knows the court stance on glitter. It, we hate it almost as much as Rudy does over at Rudy's place. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to advertise this company. This is a mean thing to send somebody. You know what, John? I'm going to advertise the company. It's Northrop Grumman. <laughs> it was a DARPA project originally. PsyOps. Uh, we're going to get in trouble on the Reddit, that's for sure, for advertising Northrop Grumman. No, it's not. Endless Meowy Christmas with Glitter. And one of you will be receiving a judgment in your favor at the end of this episode after I hear this case, and the other of you might get a surprise Christmas card in the mail from the court of Judge John Hodgman uh, that might uh, glitter bomb you. We'll see what happens. But in the meantime, which of you comes to this court seeking justice? I do, Your Honor. Stephen, that would be. All right. Correct. Uh, state the nature of the justice that you seek. Okay. So I would like to have a total stranger posing with us in our family's Christmas card. And at the bottom of the card, it would read, Happy Holidays from Carrie, Steve, our two children's names, and Carl. And there would be no explanation given as to who Carl is and why mm -hmm. he's on our Christmas card. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. on the inside of the card would be solo pictures of everybody with little blurbs about what we've been up to this year. And then okay. so there would be Carl and I would make up some really generic, boring thing about what's happened in Carl's life. Again, not giving any explanation about who he is. Well, you know, I love the name Carl, Stephen. So you, you definitely didn't know that. Yeah, I do. I, I enjoy the name Carl quite a bit. Um, and I think that this is a kind of a funny idea. Where'd you get this idea? Uh, so this must have came about like 10 years ago when Carrie and I first got together. Christmas cards was just not a thing at all in my family. So mm -hmm. and it's a big, big deal in her family. OK, that's why you realized you had to destroy it. You had to destroy the, <laughs> the tradition of Christmas cards because they were important to her and her family. Yeah. <laughs> or add some Stevenness to it, some mm -hmm. direly needed Stevenness. Yeah, because it's not enough that someone just enjoys a thing in, in life. 
you have to get your fingerprints on it. Goodness forbid a family member love you. <laughs> okay. You so you, so the you, this spark, this sparked an this sparked a little uh, the 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 imp of the perverse in your mind. Where how could I how could I mess with this? How could I steven this up? Correct. Uh, correct. And and originally he wanted it to be a child, an unknown child. Um, but that but that at least he has uh, changed his opinion about over the decade. So now that we have actual children. So this is so so how 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 long ago you said a decade ago? About yeah. Right. And now you have two children who are under a decade old. It would based on the math that <laughs> yeah, I was able to five, five and just about two. And it says here that you that you live in in uh, Victoria, British Columbia. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. But you're not Canadian. No, Carrie and I are both Americans. Oh, cool. Excellent. Living the dream. <laughs> we moved here from Boston four years ago. Oh, fantastic. British Columbia is one of my favorite provinces of Canada. Wonderful. You're living the dream. So so this but this was your your original idea was to put a fake child to borrow someone's child and trick all of Carrie's family into believing that you had a secret child or at least confuse them mightily. Right. So that's a, a core part of this. I, I don't feel like I'm really tricking people. I feel like this card is going to people who know us and know that we do not have a person named Carl uh, that is of that level of significance in our life to appear in our Christmas card. Uh, but I totally agree. The child thing, that was a bad idea. So now Carl must be a man in his late 50s. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you know, I'm only in my early 50s, so I, I'm not, I can't, <laughs> I can't do the job. I'm no Carl for you. Tell me more about Carl. He's in his late 50s. What else do we know about Carl? What's in his bio? Um, he plays pickleball mm -hmm. and his pickleball team got to like the, the provincial district finals right this year so he's pretty proud of that oh, so he's a canadian provincial finals so he's a canadian pickleball player yeah yeah it's, it's important that he lives here and it's clear that he lives here so that because our friends and family know that like our parents don't live here so we don't want to make sure make our friends think that that's our dad right you're sending this message back to the united states saying look what happened to us in canada we adopted a 58 year old man yeah see that's what it seems like right right so that seems problematic to me. Do you have a Carl in mind? Is there a person in your life who could be Carl or, or have you not gotten that far yet? If I had to pick somebody, I could, there's a couple people that I have in mind, but I would prefer if it's just a stranger that we find in a place that we go to to take this picture. Oh, so it's not enough that you annoy and confuse Carrie's family and your own Correct. family, but also a stranger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he just wants to go up to someone at the beach and say, hey, will you take a photograph with our family? Right. Got it. Oh, I mean, I would say even worse. Do you want to be in our Christmas card photo? No, you would see what their reaction is. I was just going to ask you, would you you would you would inform this this Carl, as we'll call him, of what you intend to do with the photo? You would get consent from yes. him or no? OK. Right. Yes. Would you have a production assistant run up to him afterwards and get him to sign a release? <laughs> I hadn't gotten that far. Do you think I need to do that, though? Uh, yeah, I would, actually. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I would say it was probably safer to go with one of your friends who your families don't know necessarily, or, or and probably they don't because they, they're all down here, down under, as they call the, the lower 48. Who would this card go to? Tell me. Maybe they're all up in Canada. I don't know. Who, who would this card go to? Yeah, this is the other big problem. Um I know very few people and Carrie knows quite a few people. Mm. And so 
most of the people would be going to people who are what you could call carries people. Yeah, I come from a big, a large family. I have many cousins, aunts and uncles, grandparents across the U.S. and a pretty large friend network that sends Christmas cards every year. Um, so they would be going to those people along with Steve's one sister, one set of parents, one uncle, and a few friends. Um, I really love so how, you that's... how the tone of your voice when you describe Steve's <laughs> one set of parents really was like he had failed in some way you, you know this guy only has one set of parents carrie would absolutely be on board for this plan if steve would just get himself a second set of parents like normal people do <laughs> carrie since the bulk of the cards would be going to carrie's people as uh stephen calls it also the the title of a great uh, john le carre novel uh, since most of it will be going to your people, Carrie, what kind of responses do you anticipate getting? What do you think people will think when they open this card? So I think one important thing to note is that our family, Steve and I and our two children, we have never sent a Christmas card. Okay. And so this would be the first time we've decided to foray into Christmas correspondence. Um, and I honestly think I will get many phone calls and emails asking who is Carl? Because Steve says that people would think it's funny and it's a joke, but I honestly think that it will just confuse people because while he may be someone who does things to unner unnerve other people, that's not something I would do. I wouldn't just put a stranger on my Christmas card. Um, so I think I I think people will be confused and they will be following up with me to try to figure out what's going on. They will be genuinely confused is what you're saying. They would not, I think they, so. they would yes. not be rolling their eyes going, Oh, Steve. Oh, little no. Steve. And, and that is exactly what his parents will do and his sister. Right. And they'll get, you know, they'll his, get the joke. his few closest friends, they will probably do that. Whereas, you know, my family does, does know Steve. My friends do. We've been together a long time now. Um, but I think this is just taking it to a different level that would be unexpected. And the burden of explaining the joke would fall disproportionately to you, I would imagine your argument would be. A hundred percent. Yes. I'm, I'm the one who even, even Steve's friends would contact me probably about this more than <laughs> no. him. I feel like, I really feel like it. Who would contact you? Like My friends. <laughs> My friends would. <laughs> I don't know. I think it often falls on the other person to explain the situation. And so this is a dynamic that comes up in our relationship all the time. Anytime we're in a social group, Steve loves to make jokes that make people question, is he serious? Is he not serious? What's going on? And I'm always there standing right behind him going, he's kidding. It's a joke. Can you give me an example of, of such a time when, when Steven made such a, a joke? It's hard to think of a specific example because they're just small things all the time. But I bet Stephen can remember one. Um, so I'll, I can remember one that happened recently. The Joker always remembers the joke. <laughs> okay. We were at a, her friend's and there she's an educator talking about the school students bringing cell phones to class and how they try to like teach responsibility on these for, for mm -hmm. these phones. Sure. And I was like, well, that's like telling a a school child that they can only bring two grams of heroin to school. And that didn't go over the best 
with mm. uh, this. It could have been because both of our daughters, five-year-old daughters, were like standing right next to me. But I, I they don't know what heroin is. So I, so I, like I don't try. I when I tell these jokes, I try to make it so that people know that I'm joking. But I, I do. It does. It does go wrong every once in a while. You don't have the ebullient affect that Canadians expect. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little out of place here. Yeah. Okay. And what about your kids, Carrie? What do they think of this plan? Have, have you all discussed the possibility of Stranger Carl being part of the Christmas card? No, they they don't they don't know yet. I think our daughter, she's five now, so she at least would be aware enough to know something was happening. But mm -hmm. but I will say, like frequently after Steve says a joke, she will be like, "What are you talking about? What do you mean?" Um, because there's confusion over is he saying something that's real or is this not real? Uh, it's it's very blurred, especially for a kid who's just trying to figure out what the world is like. You you mentioned that Stephen can be little Stevie can be a little a little a little provocative, mm -hmm. uh, a, a little a little disarming, a little uh, I think you used the term unnerving. Mm -hmm. You also sent in some evidence specifically yes. of unnerving people uh, during the holidays. So I'm going to open that evidence now and talk with you about some of the photos. Did you send these in, Carrie? Yes. All right. So Exhibit A. These are gifts that Stephen has sent to his nieces. Is that correct? Correct. All right. Our only nieces, yes. Stephen only has how many nieces? <laughs> only two. He only has two nieces? <laughs> I know. Stephen, you really got to And they don't even up. have mailing addresses yet. So you they You have to send cards. them to their, to their parents? <laughs> correct. And this is Stephen's family, right? So I bet the nieces only have one set of parents too. <laughs> yes. Real losers. All right. <laughs> This is an incredible thing, Stephen. This is this is a piece of papier mache art. It's, it's a it's a gorgeous paper coelacanth. It looks like to me, Exhibit A. Yes, you you correctly identified a coelacanth. Well, I, I'll I'll tell you something. It was written underneath here as part of the evidence, <laughs> including a pronunciation guide. I appreciate that because I'm I'm always saying coelacanth, but I stand Wrong. corrected. But there's actually, this is actually a, a wrapping around a present, this incredible piece of art paper sculpture, which of course you will be able to, I hope with your permission, all listeners can see it on our Instagram page at Judge John Hodgman or at the show page at MaximumFun.org. It's a thumbs up from Stephen. That, that counts as an okay. This is actually wrapping around a present and the present it says here inside, and this is what you're sending it to your, your, to your nieces or your niece. Uh, this is her, her, for her seventh birthday. Yeah. An industrial endoscope. Yeah. What is an industrial endoscope, if I may ask? So it's like a camera body, but instead uh -huh. of the lens, like attached to the camera, the lens is like attached to a rigid wire tube, whatever you want to call it, for exploring. What would that be used for? So like imagine you're walking through the forest and you see like a snake hole and you're like, is there, right. I wonder if there's a snake or something in there. Well, there's no way for you to know. Wait. I've got my industrial endoscope with me. I can just send that down the snake hole, see what's in there. Let me give you a little bit of, I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but I will say if it's a snake hole, there's a snake in there for sure. <laughs> well, so what does that snake look like? There's no way to know unless you get out your industrial endoscope. Endoscopy, as always, <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> what problem can we not solve with endoscopy? And then you sent a, a beautiful 
it's somewhere between how would you describe this Stephen? it's not origami it's it's paper sculpture it seems like to me yeah yeah, this, yeah. i make make the wrapping look like animals to be a special thing that uncle steve does yeah and this is an armadillo a beautiful gray and darker gray armadillo that contains a nuclear spintheroscope which is what steven so it's a small piece of radioactive material that's mm -hmm. uh, enclosed in a viewing chamber. And then you can look through it and see like the after effects of nuclear radiation. And so it's totally safe for, for children or anybody to have, but it's, it's super fun to give somebody some nuclear radi radioactive material. Especially an 11 year old as your niece was 11 yeah. years old. And how did that yeah. carry? How did that gift work out? Yeah, so with this particular, with all the gifts, we have a challenge because we're here in Canada and it's really expensive to mail things. So we often have things sent to Steve's parents, just the one set, um, and they are in charge of like putting it together and giving it to the nieces because they live nearby. Wait a minute, they, do um, they have to assemble the whole paper armadillo? Sometimes there's very complicated directions on like, here is this, you need to like slide it here and then put A into B and attach C. So they do have to do a lot of work. So that sounds a lot different than what Steven said, which was no. There's a lot of daylight between <laughs> do they have to put together the paper armadillo answers there. So Steven, what do they have to do? Well, so this was a really special case because I did not want to have to deal with the customs nightmare of having nuclear radioactive material sent. So like what I don't I didn't want to fill inside that an form. armadillo. There's yeah. a form depending <laughs> right. on what animal, how armored it is. Yeah, I go to the same UPS store and like they know me by now and they're like, OK, just do your best on this form. So I didn't even want to bother with this. So I was like, Mom, I'm going to send you an armadillo and then you're also going to get. Uh, so I like pre-made the armadillo to be as easy as possible to just like put the thing inside of it and then and then close it up yeah but uh, but other other of your paper creations do occasionally involve some complex directions is that what carrie was referencing to I've learned that I really have to minimize it because they're not good at following these directions and it I get very upset. <laughs> and unfortunately, they're the only parents you have. This is why, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. This is why you need a couple of backup sets of parents because what if they can't put your paper armadillo together correctly? What if they're dum-dums and they can't do it right? Yeah, I got my second set of parents on one of those task apps because they're really good at putting together <laughs> IKEA furniture. <laughs> Carrie, you were going to say something? Well, so because Steve knows that his parents have challenges putting together the animals, he also had his mom test out the nuclear box um, and the it ended very poorly. Yes, the spintheroscope, uh -huh. um, because he wanted to see how it worked and then make sure it was going to be good. So it ends up to view it, you have to go into a dark room with the box and you have to stay there for 10 or 15 minutes as your eyes adjust. So his mom is in their basement bathroom and all of a sudden she turns around to try to grab the box and she knocks it on the ground, shattering it. And she's like terrified she's been exposed to some kind of nuclear matter. So she calls him desperately on the phone being like, Steve, I couldn't see it. I knocked it. I broke it. Um, I'm looking at a picture of this thing. You all sent me a link. It's made in the USA, but shipped from Canada. High thorium content, nuclear spintheroscope. It literally says, allow eyes to become accustomed to total darkness for at least 10 to 15 minutes before viewing. Yeah, I didn't see that part. It's a very inventive <laughs> gift. How's your one mom doing? Did she become a, a radioactive mutant? 
that could explain some things of late, but uh, I, I think it sounded like she recovered from that. She was also upset that she broke the gift. She's like, I'll order you a new one. I'm like, Mom, it's okay. She, it all worked out. The last one I just want to talk, there are many examples that were sent here. And I have to say, I have to say, people need to go to the Judge John Hodgman Instagram page. They need to go to the show page at MaximumFun.org, wherever you go to see your Judge John Hodgman photos. This, these, this paper art is incredible. Like it's, it's genuinely beautiful, genuinely amazing. And you, these twin uh, reindeer that you made are incredible. And as I understand from this, is this is when you had your second niece come along, obviously. Yeah. And what I understand from the caption is that one of the reindeer contained uh, sodium iodide and the other reindeer contained a bottle of 12% hydrogen peroxide. And the instructions were to combine them and watch what happens. This fun effect, may I presume that this is what the internet calls elephant toothpaste or devil's toothpaste? Elephant toothpaste. You got it. Yeah. All right. Which Tell they me. knew already, so it wasn't as fantastic a thing, but they did it. It was fun. Let's take a quick recess and hear about this week's Judge John Hodgman sponsor. We'll be back in just a moment on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad. And I got one for my mother-in-law. And it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, Imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted 
by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Carrie, how many people are going to get this Christmas card? And bear in mind that since you're in Canada, for many of them, you'll have to use two stamps. I mean, everyone will mostly, yeah. Uh, I think probably 50 people, maybe a little bit more, maybe. You're going to hand address those or do a mail merge? <laughs> uh, I think hand address. It's, you know, it's the holidays. You want to put in that extra effort. Well, who is going to hand address them? Oh, me. No, Steve has no. very poor. He doesn't have very good. I have to write the letters to the nieces because he has poor handwriting. Yeah, that's a good point. What that's the, true. <laughs> I love Stephen jumping and going, I'll help. I just got some invisible ink. <laughs> <laughs> what, are the let, what, are, what do you mean you have to write the letters to the nieces? So when he sends these gifts, usually there's very long letters that go with them. It's very thoughtful, but he will say some facts about the animal that he has wrapped the present in, and also some information about the gift if there are directions. And so in the past, I have helped to write it legibly. So he definitely will not be addressing envelopes. Do they not have computers or typewriters in Canada? I think he just likes it to be handwritten. By you. Steve has a vision for things, if you haven't really? been able to Does tell he? yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so since your handwriting is terrible, Stephen, it seems like it would most of the work of mailing out the Christmas card would fall to Carrie. And Carrie, you would also have to sit for the photograph with the stranger. Yeah, and prepare my children and make them comfortable. Uh, aside from all of those logistical burdens when you think about sending this thing out how does it just how does it make you feel it makes me feel very stressed i you know steve and i have talked about this because if you rule that he can do this i said we could do it you know we would because we've had this conversation for 10 years and so it keeps coming back up every year um and this is sort of he said this is his last resort this is it. it. Either we are going to do it if you say yes, or we're not going to do it if you say no. And I told him last night, I said, if I think I'm going to be very upset because I am very uncomfortable with the whole thing. And I, I don't want to have all those conversations. Um, it just seems like it's, it's not fun to me. What's the worst case scenario? What do you fear the worst is going to happen? One of your, one of your many grandmothers from one of your many sets of parents will open this and be so confused and surprised that they'll faint. Do you know how like in families, everyone just starts talking about things and then like you eventually hear the trickle down. So I think like my grandmother will talk to my mother who will talk to my aunt and they'll all be confused together. And then they'll wonder what's going on and why is Steve so weird? And who's this person? And do they what are know, they doing in Canada? Do they know that you've married a weird person yet? So my parents do. Right. I admittedly only parents? have one set as well. 
Um, and they do, my sister does, but my aunts and uncles and my grandparents don't fully, I don't think. How long do you think you can hide it from them? I mean, you've fled to Canada to exactly. isolate him from the rest of your family. Exactly. Yeah. I think they know. I see these people every two years. We have family reunion and I spend a lot of time with these people and I, I, I'm myself with them. Do you feel that Carrie is ashamed of your weirdness, Stephen, that she's trying to hide it? Uh, not usually with, but with this, with this thing, I think, I think she is, but not, not typically. Um, I will say that like, so when we first got together, Steve used to do a lot of out of the box things like this. He had a group of friends and they would do different pranks and unusual things. And I think that I have been a different kind of energy and I do feel badly if that's something he wants to be doing more of but I think that there are ways he could be doing it that don't involve me and my extended family and friend network so if he wants to do something that I don't agree with like even the the gifts for our nieces I've sort of let go of over the years I used to say like I'm not sure this is a good idea or do you think a five-year-old really wants that um, but now I know that he has this sort of routine and it's going fine but that doesn't involve me and my like outward facing persona so um this just very heavily involves me what kind of pranks would steven do with his prank group the pranksters that's what i call them i <laughs> uh, i i don't think this is a prank group at all this is uh part of a group in boston you're very very on, like, small small group of friends that was a big group. <laughs> no. So what happened is when I met Carrie, my whole life became like, Carrie, 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 everything Carrie, which look at her. She's adorable. She's super fun. No regrets. But like before that, like we would put on like a citywide uh, choose your own adventure thing and like have these sets that we set up throughout the city. And like we had a whole we were had a big following throughout Boston. People would come in to do these events. We had a big water battle fight to get like hundreds of people to come to these events. So and they were a really good group they, of people for me. It sounds to, more like a kind of a, a, an, an immersive game rather than a prank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You weren't I tricking strong. people. I, I guess I did have one friend. You were creating an alternate reality game. Oh, excuse yeah. me. You said you had one friend. What? Go ahead. I, I had one friend where we did do a little bit more prank things. Like we snuck into Brandeis university and put up signs in the dorm saying, please refrain from peeing in the washing machines. And then just, and then just imagined, the, imagined people. what would happen. Yeah, so we'd watch people like go up to these watching these. He's like, "Oh, what are people doing? Who would do that?" <laughs> and you and you and your friend would just be giggling in the corner. Yeah, and I'll say like meeting Carrie. I'm so glad that she has taken me away. Like I needed to drop that. I'm like 41 years old. Those days, I'm I'm glad to have Carrie's influence in my life to get me to be a little bit more sane. Yeah. But what about the immersive theater? The choose your own adventure station by station? I mean, I'm, I can't, I can't say that I fully understand what it is you're describing, but do you have anything like that in your life now? No, not really. What do you want to give your own children as gifts? Endoscopes and such? <laughs> I don't know. So I made my daughter like this fairy tree dollhouse. I try to be thoughtful with them in, in different ways. Uh, but we'll eventually get to the point as they get older that I'm going to want to give them weird things. Yeah. 
And Carrie, how do you feel about Stephen giving your your children weird things in the future? I think that's fine. Again, he he can do what he wants. Um, I think it's just me having to pose for a picture with a stranger and send it to my family that feels like I'm not really interested in that. I don't really think it's funny. So, you know, having to sign off on something so big. Um, when he hands your six-year-old on Christmas morning a paper grizzly bear filled with a centrifuge full of polonium or something, <laughs> you're going to be okay with that? Um, Sure. <laughs> All right. It's just this one thing. This one yeah, thing, the the photo with Carl. Carrie, if there were some way to automatically link the card or for you to simply easily and automatically refer everyone to this podcast to as a matter of explanation, if there was something on the back of the card, say, confused, call this number. And we set up like an internet number <laughs> that just played this podcast. So that you um, didn't have to take the burden of this. Would that change it? If you knew that anyone who was confused could find an answer to their question without talking to you, would that change your opinion? Perhaps. But I think it comes down to what's the point of doing this at all? You know, like, is the point is for Steve because he thinks it's funny? Is it funny if it's automatically explained through a QR code? I, I, I don't know if it's even accomplishing its original goal at that point. Because, like, what is the point? I think you raise a very important question, Carrie, that I have so far failed to ask. And I apologize as the judge of this proceedings. So I now pose it to you, Stephen. I want you to really think of it because this is your closing argument. What is the point of anything? <laughs> Specifically, what is the point of this card? Do you acknowledge that it will confuse people? Yes, I acknowledge that it will confuse people, but I believe that someone can be confused and happy and excited at the same time. And that it's not a prank, it's a challenge of like, okay, this is a weird thing that's happening. I got to figure this out. What's happening? I know they put a total stranger on their Christmas card. That's so weird. And itself, like, I don't think just that is the greatest joke that's ever been. But for the effort it takes to do it, it's a good enough joke that's going to make a lot of people enough happy to make me happy <laughs> about it. <laughs> what will make you ha what will make you happy? How how will what feedback will you need in order to be happy? Um just that enough people found found it moderately entertaining like i again it, i know it's not going to be like people are going to be on the floor dying laughing but i think it's just going to be like you know somewhat brightens people's day and i don't think i'm some sort of like angel of spreading goodwill to somebody that i have to brighten everybody's day with like ridiculous things but i just imagine that they're going to get this card and that's just going to be a silly thing and it's something that they'll remember and and just be a, a unique experience for them do you believe that carrie does not know her own family that she misrepresents or misforecasts how they are going to react to this? Um, her extended family, I I think she's getting kind of right a little bit, that they might react poorly. I think that she doesn't know her friends, which I would also say are my friends because they've I've known them for 10 years as well. And I've like gotten close with like their husbands in, in certain ways. So I think all of her friends will love it. Carrie, 
Do other people in your family send you Christmas cards? Yes, uh, people in our, my family send Christmas cards regularly. You haven't sent Christmas cards in the past? Correct. We've never done a Christmas card. Why not? Um, we've never posed for family photos. So this, this is like, would be a very new thing. We've never done anything like that before. Um, would you like to send a non-joke Christmas card? You've been together 10 years and haven't done it so far. Uh, I'm open to doing that. I, I, it's not something I have to do. I haven't been asking to do that. I think, you know, it's, it's a nice thing to do, but it's not necessary, in my opinion. Stephen, do you think the joke works if you haven't sent straight Christmas cards in the past? It doesn't work as well. It would have been nice to have a history of regular Christmas cards, but it has to be now. It has to be now? It has to <laughs> yes. be now. Our kids are in peak cuteness. Uh, I think after a certain few years, our daughter is, it would be less okay to explain to our daughter what's happening. And we're recording this podcast, so our friends are going to find out about, about this eventually anyways and ruin the joke. Okay. Not to add more work then, but just trying to find a solution. Carrie, I know what Stephen wants me to rule in case I were to rule, to make and send the card. It says so right here in front of me. If I were to rule in your favor, you've requested A, that Stephen acknowledge that this is a selfish idea, and B, that if he wants to express himself through a Christmas card, there are more mainstream ways to do so. Would it be more acceptable to you if Stephen made the Carl card happen and he personally sent it only to an approved friend list that left out family members that you thought would be confused or dismayed by this? Would that be appropriately mainstream? I don't know what mainstream means in this term, but would that be a, a compromise that you would accept? I think I'm open to that compromise because it's easier to explain to friends. Um, but I just, I don't know if that's what he wants. It's not, the vision is not for that. Um, Stephen, what do you think about this vision? About your compromise? Yeah. What is your opinion on it? Um. I I at least would want to send it to her parents and her sister mm -hmm. because they're people that I've gotten really close with. <laughs> I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I'm going to go to my chambers and consider my verdict. I'll be back in a moment with my ruling. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Carrie, how are you feeling? Uh, I guess I'm nervous. Because I feel like, like I said, I, I'm not the most excited if we go ahead with this. But I also know that I will trust the judge's verdict. Stephen, how do you feel? Uh, I'm feeling oddly optimistic. I was expecting to be a, a, a little bit more uh, going after, you know, make fun of Stephen, the weird guy thing here. But uh, uh, I, I still, though, like I think... I think past court precedents doesn't uh, fall in my favor here. So I, I, I came into this knowing that I had a long way to go, and I, I don't think I did it. Stephen, you know that the joke is better if you actually like hire someone from Craigslist or something, use their actual first name and what's actually <laughs> happened to them this year, right? Uh, I did think about Craigslist, but I was worried about getting a different kind of Carl than I wanted. <laughs> So you were going to cast specifically for people named Carl? No. I mean, Craigslist is the place to do it. Hey, Craig from Craigslist, Judge John Hodgman listener. Shout, I'll, I'll buzz market Craigslist all day. 
All right, Victoria, BC uh, residents, if uh, John says that we can do this, check Craigslist for I mean, my gigs posting. We'll see what Judge Hodgman has to say about all this when we come back in just a second. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, we're taking a quick break from the case. Let's talk about what we've got upcoming. Well, as you know, Dicktown is still available on Hulu and will always be available on Hulu. I'm glad to say both seasons are up there at Hulu.com or on the Hulu app on your phone, tablet, or smart TV. Just tell your smart speaker, as we were told by public radio all the time now, tell your smart speaker, hey, Siri, play Dicktown on Hulu. Does that work? Okay, I'm, I don't know. My phone's doing something. <laughs> Yeah, if you have an Apple TV, it works, it turns out. Uh, by the way, I used my Apple TV to watch Confess Fletch, which is the new Fletch movie from Greg Matola, starring John Hamm and Eugene Merman and a lot of other really great actors. And I found it absolutely charming and funny. And oh, Roy Wood Jr.'s in it, one of the greatest funny people of all time. So funny. Who's so great in this movie. And you know, this is the kind of Movies that they're not making anymore. Not just Fletch movies, but just sort of like... Movies that John Hodgman could potentially appear in. Yeah. Uh, look, I was in New England when they were shooting it. I don't. I didn't get the call. That's fine. I'm really happy for them all. And John Hamm's really funny in it. And just fun, breezy whodunits he used to go and see in the movie theater. And now you can see it online, anywhere you get your movies. And the last thing I'm going to say is this, some very important words. Gene Gray has a Patreon. That's right. I'm going to repeat it. Gene Gray has a Patreon. You know Jean Grey. She's a guest bailiff on this show from her many, many different uh, songs and musics and videos and actings and uh, Dicktown. She plays Monica on Dicktown. She's one of the smartest, funniest, sweetest people. You know who Jean Grey is. I don't need to tell you this. Get over to that Patreon because she's got a whole bunch of new content up there that's so great. And she's also relaunched her Church of the Infinite You Sunday sermon sessions, which are so legitimately beautiful and wonderful and fun. That's J-E-A-N-G-R-A-E. Jean Grey has a Patreon. Jesse, what do you have coming on? Well, we've had some really great guests lately on Jordan, Jesse Go, my other comedy podcast. 
uh, including the great Judy Greer, who's one of the most delightful human beings on earth. She is. She led us into a great discussion of what the main animals are. Um, <laughs> we we uh, just had Chris Estrada, who's the creator of the wonderful television show This Fool. Oh, I um, watched that. It was so, uh, based on your recommendation. It was so, so funny, good. Right? Yeah. It's so funny. He was also on Bullseye recently. Um, Pat Oswalt on the program, uh, one of the funniest guys in the world, obviously. So go check out Jordan Jesse Go. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, bear in mind, it does have a lot of swearing in it, not for children, but very warm hearted. Uh, yeah. We'll be back in just a second on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. Stephen, you said something that struck me a little bit ago. We're like, I'm, I'm not an angel. I don't expect people to think that I'm an angel, but I'm going to say something to you, Stephen. And I don't say this to a lot of people. You are an angel. I absolute look. I've seen a lot of joke Christmas cards. When I when I go when I go to the little grocery store, the Lee's grocery store, they always put up the Christmas cards that they get from their customers, and I always feel very ashamed because I've never sent them a Christmas card or given them a holiday card of any kind. But Mr. and Mrs. Lee always put them up. There's this one family that does a different, amazing joke Christmas card every year. And so one year they do this and it's like a, a, a dad and a mom and two little kids and they'll dress up in Jedi robes. Uh, or they'll do this amazing recreation of a, of, a, of a spy movie poster or something like that. And I enjoy them very much. The dad has a beard, obviously. We're in Park Slope. And it's very, very clearly his project because he's always featured very prominently and the mother and, and the two kids always look fairly happy, but also trapped, trapped in the fantasy <laughs> of this dad. And I was concerned that you were going to be one of these dads who was just going to try to subvert the sincerity because of a self-consciousness around the fact that I'm no longer a crazy college kid who's putting up stickers and Brandeis Brandeis's laundry room anymore, whatever it is. That's not who you are, Stephen. You are an angel. Everything changed when I saw those photos of those paper armadillos and tardigrades and 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 giraffe and double reindeer and coelacanth. I mean, holy moly. I mean, Carrie, you know what you got with this guy, right? An angel. <laughs> Like the care that you are putting into these gifts for these nieces is so astonishing. And I, uh, and, and, and the gifts themselves are so weird, but in such a nice way. I mean, truly in a, in a, in a really funny way, like this is not a trick. This is not a gag that you're playing on your nieces. Like it's obvious that, that you care about them a lot and, you want to share your your weird preoccupations with them in a in a avuncular way. It's an adjectival form of uncle. That is, I think, is really caring and really sharing, and you you care and share so much that you don't even mind sending them chemicals that could burn their skin or cause some eye eye and respiratory irritation. I was never ever gonna shame you for your weird here, Stephen, because I think this is. This is an expression. What you're, what you sent to your nieces is an expression of true, 
truly generous weird and true generosity because what they are getting and what you are making your single set of parents recreate when you send them the instructions, these are works of art that take time, you know? You really deserve credit for this. But this joke, this Christmas card, this Carl card, I got to draw a distinction between a joke and a prank. I really laughed at that video made by that prank card company when I realized that the, the, the endless loop of Meowy Christmas that you could not turn off when you opened that card had a second, a second gag within it that it, once you tear up the card in frustration, glitter pours out. That is truly deliciously funny and evil. But if I ever got that card in the mail, I would be really mad. That would not make me happy. There are people who enjoy getting pranked, but over the decade plus of doing the Judge John Hodgman podcast, I've really, really leaned into it. If it's not fun for everybody, it's not not fun at all. Like dad jokes that cause confusion at uh, at uh, highway uh, toll collection booths, ordering kung pao chicken from your your toll collector, or uh, telling your server jokes that make no sense when you have captive audiences, be they uh, uh, waiters or your own family. It, it, I just, uh, I just don't care for, it. I just don't care for the pranks anymore. And you know, too, I mean, on some level, you understand that you're too, you're, you are to paraphrase Danny Glover. You are too old for this feces. You expressed happiness that Carrie has helped you move away from your days of stickering the Brandeis laundry room. And I have to say, the other thing is that even even as a joke, this uh, this card it's not a good joke. Sorry, friend. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I'm going to get letters about all the people who have done this sort of thing before. I mean, it was a decade ago that Monty Belmonte, summertime get fun time guest bail of Monty Belmonte, decided to send out a Christmas the family Christmas card. Now, Monty and his and his family do wonderful themed photos. Uh, uh, funny, like one, one year, one year, they all put on the kiss there. There were four of them. There are now five of them, but when they were just four, two parents and two kids, they all, they put on elaborate kiss makeup, you know, from the band kiss. They looked amazing. They do a themed holiday end of year card, new year's card, whatever you want to call it every year, an amazing family portrait. Our friends, Matthew and Sarah do increasingly elaborate, like junky Sears portraits. It's fun. I get it. And but, you know, it was more than a decade ago that Monty said this year we're going to do a regular family portrait with John Hodgman in the background. We're not going to explain it to anybody. Now, there was a difference then 10 years ago. Some people knew who I was. It wasn't like it wasn't exactly like who's that Carl. It was more like, how'd you get that minor television personality in your photo? I, I think that this has been done before. This is just a comedy critique, Stephen. I've already called you an angel. and I really believe it. But I'm just saying from a, from just a pure comedy, I think that this is this feels like a joke that was developed 10 years ago and should have been put into action at that time. I feel that the the having the bios of the family, including Carl, is what we call in comedy a hat on a hat or a joke on a joke. I think it would be funnier just to have no mention of Carl whatsoever and not even name him Carl. That's just that would be my suggestion. Then it gets. It's a little bit slipperier and more funny, in my opinion. And the fact that you were going to do a bio of Carl and all you know is that he plays Canadian pickleball. You didn't, after 10 years, you had not developed a full biography of Carl. 
I have to say, I, I, I mean, it would, ha- it would have to be a really, and this is just to say, it's cool, but it would have to be a really, 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 really good joke for me to second guess my basic instinct, 90s movie, which is tricking people is no fun. Sharing your weirdness is fun. Weird is inappropriately pejorative. I think being weird is a wonderful quality. I would venture to say that Carrie loves you in part for your weirdness. And let the record show that Carrie has reluctantly nodded. (laughs) Sharing your weirdness is a wonderful thing, but tricking people is not is not so much fun. I don't know whether you feel this way, but one of the things that I was feeling when when I proposed the idea that you send the Carl card to your friend group, but send a traditional Christmas card to everybody, and you're like, I still want her parents to see it. I still want her sister to see it. That my feeling was like, I still want her parents and sister to see me. Carrie, you married a weird dude. You can't hide it forever. Eventually, they're all going to figure out just how deep it goes. Putting aside the obvious fact that this prank would also put an undue burden on Carrie to explain not only herself, but you to her extended family. Putting aside the fact that it would force her to do, sit in a photo shoot with your kids who may be made to feel uncomfortable by a stranger putting aside the fact that she's going to have to write out all these things because your handwriting is terrible and you won't get a printer. There is ultimately the truth that this is a trick and not a joke. And therefore, I cannot allow it. Not now. Not ever. You need to find a way, and I know that you can, to share your weirdness in the same generous and expressive and truly weird way you share it with your nieces. Carrie, you can't hide this from your grandma and grandpa. They got to get a tardigrade in the mail. You know what I mean? They got to get a coelacanth. Okay. (laughs) I mean, truly, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at a photo here of at least a dozen paper ladybugs that you made. Correct, Stephen? This is your handiwork? Yep. So I know that you're capable of producing in volume. (laughs) I don't think ladybugs are weird enough. Frankly, too cutesy. This is not the solution. It's up to you to find a solution that is as generous and shows your your true angelic inspiration. The Carl, the Carl card is not a great joke, but something new that you create some paper sculpture that you're going to send to weird out not only your in-laws, your close in-laws, but the whole extended family to really let them know who carried married. It's going to be amazing. He's going to weird them right out and it won't be a trick or a joke. It'll be, this is who I am. Uh, And the benefit is you're going to have to make all this stuff. If you want to do it, it's up to you. You've got to do it. You can do that or not, but as far as that's my advice, but as far as my ruling, Carl Card is out. This is the sound of a gavel. Meow, 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 me
Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Carrie, you're largely vindicated. Are you prepared to share your husband's weirdness with the full breadth of your family? Uh, I'm very thankful for the ruling. I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. I feel like things were moving in Steve's favor. Um, And I think that once we move on from this card, which has been a focus for a long time, that Steve can find a way that's more personal and weird to express himself. And I'll support him. Steve, it's clear that you're capable of creating great beauty. Are you already brainstorming ways to combine beauty, weirdness, and the spirit of the holidays? No, I I don't want to. I think I'm out of the <laughs> making the holidays a weird game. I've been thoroughly convinced to to drop that. And no, I, that's not the Stephen, my angel. <laughs> You've been ordered to make the holidays weird. Yeah, keep Stephen weird. That's not it at all. Don't put that on me. How dare you? I find you in contempt of court. You heard my ruling. It was clear. So I have to send them weird Christmas gifts? I thought it was just like, just any any old time, send them a weird paper animal thing. Uh, However you choose to do it, express your weirdness. Just don't trick your family. I want them to see you. I don't want them to be confused by you. Chances are they're already confused by you. Right. Well, to answer Jesse's question, I'm not currently brainstorming these ways, but I know inspiration will strike when I least expect it, and I will go with it, as long as Carrie approves. Carrie, Stephen, thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Another Judge John Hodgman case is in the books. In a moment, we'll have swift justice. First, our thanks to Twitter user at Tim Kinnitz for naming this week's episode Persona Non Carta. We also want to shout out friends of the show Linda Holmes and Dan McCoy for some good titles this week. Uh, Linda suggested you'll never guess who this dude is. Thank you, Linda. Y-U-L-E. Yeah. And Dan's suggestion was what Chad is this? <laughs> this is really like, this is what Dan was born to do. Yeah. Half joke puns. If you want to name a future episode, follow us on Twitter for naming opportunities at Jesse Thorne and at Hodgman. While you're there, you can also hashtag your Judge John Hodgman related tweets, hashtag JJHO. And you can join the conversation at the Maximum Fun subreddit at MaximumFun.reddit.com. Evidence and photos from the show are posted on our Instagram account. That's Instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman, as well as at MaximumFun.org on the episode page. Uh, John, I was I just started clicking around the nuclear products website. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you've got $15 burning a hole through your pocket, I cannot recommend enough buying radioactive uranium doped marbles <laughs> this can't be okay this can't be okay it's not my recommendation that's if you've got 15 dollars burning a hole through your pocket and you want some marbles burning a hole through your pocket. <laughs> right i was gonna say <laughs> our producer is jennifer marmer our editor is valerie moffett now swift justice where we answer your small disputes with a quick judgment Twitter user at the Daryl says, I think an unopened toothbrush is fine to buy at a yard sale. My friend thinks this is horrifying. Uh, that's horrifying, but not because of germs, um, because the toothbrush is unopened, but because I, 
I, I can't, I, I don't want to think about the horrifying story of how an unopened toothbrush ends up being sold at a yard sale. For like, sale. Yeah. Toothbrush never used. Yeah, exactly. It's just too sad. It's too sad to contemplate. If you have a holiday dispute for us, and we're including all of those winter holidays, Christmas, you know Hanukkah. Not going, I'm not going to include Christmas. I'd love to hear about your non-Christmas holiday disputes. Christmas gets a lot of coverage, but I'm very, there are a lot, a lot of other holidays out there. Let's hear your Saturnalia disputes. You just took the word Saturnalia right out of my mouth. <laughs> New Year's, or if you have an anniversary around the holidays. What if you have your birthday? on christmas like and that's a that's that's always a thing that happens and ricky I'm henderson sure right in that. yeah and if you got a christmas dispute and you think is just the greatest go ahead and send it in too it's fine maybe a miracle will happen that's at maximumfund.org slash jjho and look you don't need to have a special dispute send your half-baked dispute we'll take any dispute at maximumfund.org slash jjho maximumfund.org slash jjho We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.